Hi, and welcome to the newest episode of Keen Minds, where we're covering the fourth episode of the fifth season of NBC's The Blacklist. This was The Endling. I am Jen, a.k.a. Takata Saigal. And I'm Tessa. And how did you like it? I I, I actually liked it a lot. Um, I, I got a little squirmish with the, with the horror scene. Um, I especially very, we... very squeamish with the horse scene yeah that 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 has been i mean blacklisters in general they kind of make you squirm um but this one is you know there is something about hurting children or hurting animals for fun or gain that um you know i'm a carnivore i i'm i'm about you know it's fine to to for if you eat that's what nature does but you know gain is not what nature does no, she was not doing this for survival's sake. She was doing this for for financial gain. No, I was not not happy with that. It was it definitely made me very much against her right up until the end. Yeah, I I uh, I I actually didn't find him sympathetic even up even up after the end. You didn't? Um no, I did oh, that not. Just did, I, that did her in for the whole time. It it was a way that she was collecting these people as they were like reservoirs of blood. And meanwhile, she had a perfectly good way of doing this. She could have just gone to the to the parents and said, "Listen, I am the birth mother of my son, and I can. You have all my blood, and you have my heart. And here I am." And she could have just taken a gun and kill herself in the hospital and they would have done that that would have been what a good mother and a good person would have done i don't think she was a good person i mean i think she was just i think she was so broken she was not a good person i mean and and to look at it from from a character's point of view because there's always two sides i Mm -hmm. an actor that i like he he continues he plays a lot of villain roles and he said there's never a villain because a villain is never a villain in their own mind they have their own story. They have what drives them. They're not a villain in their own mind. And she certainly wasn't. She was a woman from a war-torn country that had fought like hell to save her child once. Found out that once she'd sent him away, he was still in danger. And I think she was just continuing to fight in the way that she knew how. Was it right? Absolutely not. Is it despicable? Yeah, she was killing people to save her kid, like you just said, when she could have done it herself from the get-go. I just don't think that the stuff that she had been through really made that... I think that it never clicked with her to sacrifice herself until Red brought it up. You know, the, the sacrifice of herself was not at the forefront of her brain. She'd been fighting so long to for her to stay alive and try to keep her kid alive that, mm-hmm. that get, you know sacrificing herself just never crossed her her mind and if it had if it had we wouldn't have had a blacklister so yeah it 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 was just wrong i mean she was doing uh, she took down a plane which i'm i'm assuming there were people who died there uh she was uh, you know she was going to take somebody's heart uh, and it, it just, it just, I, I didn't find her sympathetic. That does not mean I actually love the episode. Um, I thought for a while, I, I thought, uh, that, that maybe, you know, they were going to introduce a second baby and that doesn't seem to be the case. So I was very excited to see that they started introducing the mother theme. 
in this in the first season of the blacklist we barely got any blacklisters that were about mothers i think there was just the the good samaritan that was one of them um we also had the one with adoption the cypress agency but that was in like parents not like a bad mother or a good okay. mother it was not like mother it was just parents that weren't really equipped to be parents um and, and i'm glad that as we've gone along, we've had progressed and started introducing mother stories, good mothers, bad mothers. And that to me is a, is a way that we're introducing Katerina here. So that to me was was a very, very interesting uh, way of introducing the subject. It's like Red tell, you know, telling her, you're not going to kill any of these people, but I'm going to save your son. And it, it, was remind, it reminded me a little of what he did with Cardinal Richards when he had him call the Vem to dispose of one last um, money launderer or the only was just him. So I thought it was interesting. It was, it was a, um, a, a well-made episode. I love some of the developments. Yeah. I, I, I agree that they, they are definitely introducing the theme and they're working towards a specific goal there. I, I think sometimes as viewers, it's, it's easy to forget that, that, you know, this isn't just a blacklister in the void. This is, they're telling a story. They are creating, they're, they're making you think, you know, if the writers are doing their job, which I think they are, they're making you think along certain lines. They're giving you hints to what's coming. Um, you know, I, with the blacklister, I guess we're, we're sort of starting with her. Um, I, I really, I made the comment, um, I was talking to a couple people online that made the comment, the roomie who is more or less a casual viewer watched it this morning and I get a text going red's a dead man you know <laughs> and but several of us said they're certainly pointing in this direction that because I think it was last week or the week before that that we went over redemption arcs and the general you know mm -hmm. projection of a redemption arc projection excuse me of a redemption arc and one of the typical endings for a redemption arc for someone that, that has done a lot of bad in their life is a, a self-sacrificing end. That that is how they find redemption. They struggle, they fail, they struggle, they fail, they struggle, they fail. And in the end, their final act to earn their redemption is to sacrifice themselves so that person, you know, X, whoever it is, in this case it would be Liz and Agnes, can survive or can live a happy life or what what have you you know whatever the story is and i think that this blacklister as well as any others that we get are t helping to formulate that story whether it ends up that red sacrifices himself or not in the end we'll see but it certainly is meant to make you think along those lines and plant that seed as well, we move forward even if he hasn't like killed himself, he basically devoted his entire life exactly. to protecting Liz. He's nearly died multiple times, all because he's trying to protect her. What are they gonna do to me that hasn't been done before? Kill me? Yeah. So basically, they've they've tortured him. He's lost everything that he has in order to protect uh, his child. Exactly, and so I mean, to a degree, we've already gotten this, and I think Liz saw that. And, I mean, you had, um, I'm blanking on his name, that released the, that, that was trying to find the, the cure for his son in season one. Frederick Barnes. Barnes. Yeah, there is, a, there is yeah. A, a, a progression from Frederick Barnes when Liz is, wrestler tells Liz, uh, you know, that's, 
that's what that's that's what happens. You know, you don't give up your weapon. You if if an innocent person died, that's what happens. You have to follow the rules. And then at the end, she kills um, uh, Frederick Barnes. And already saying, you know, that's a pity because every every story got two sides. And it's funny how you know she. For those who have read the dossier, they've she talks about how that decision haunts her to kill Barnes before allowing him to give the injection to the son. And then from there on, we go into Doctor um, Covington, and there she fights with wrestler to allow Covington to finish the surgery so that the lungs don't die and the child doesn't die. And then she wasn't here, delivering people at that point. It's, it has been a progression down that road. Mm-hmm. She didn't and deliver now, them there, but now she basically delivered the lady, not realizing what was happening. And Red mm-hmm. didn't tell her. I mean, for all of his, his statements about not having an ulterior motive and I don't, you know, whether he did or not, I'm going to take him at face value that he didn't. I'm going to hope that that's true, that he didn't have an ulterior motive. But regardless, he knew he was going to hand the woman the gun when they got there and have her shoot her own brains out. I think Liz knew. I think when if he she, said, I can't did, say that it was, we have... It was subconscious. I don't think she really consciously understood that this woman was going to put a gun under her chin and take the shot. I don't think that she consciously allowed herself to acknowledge that she didn't admit it to herself i defer i think that when once they said that and she lied to wrestler that's what i read she knows what they're doing um i would say go back and take a look at when when the shot went off she and nick had almost identical expressions of just abject horror on their face and if she knew it was coming i don't we, we've seen liz give the stoic impression off I think that, all right, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I, what I, when I saw it, when I saw it, what I read is she knew what was going to happen. That doesn't mean that it prepares you to see somebody killing themselves. You know, as Red said that, you know, every suicide is an act of destruction that, um, you know, that destroy the people around you. And the only way that this child is not going to be destroyed by it is if he never knows what happened that's true that yeah that's probably accurate and so we go back to if she had just done it in the hospital i'm not sure that that would have been the case yeah she would have said hey i'm a i'm a donor i'm her just go to the parents and say listen yeah I'm, but i'm just saying I'm what, the you mother. Just, what you just said about the kid not knowing not ne- yeah. needing to not know about what happened so it doesn't weigh on him all he's yeah. going to know is he had a heart transplant. It's all he's yeah. going to know. Someone died, They got he got their heart. Which is a uh, weight enough as it is for a small child to process. But if she'd gone to the hospital and done exactly what she did, one, they may, I don't know what their protocol would have been. I have no idea what their protocol would have been. But two, eventually, if the parents knew, the kid probably would have known. They, they weren't equipped to handle something like that. They were normal human beings. I agree. I agree. Um, there was not much on wrestler Samar or Ram. Honestly, the one thing that sticks out for me with Russ is him watching the kid 
and being glad to see that a child was put back with his family. I, I think it was a callback to the fact that Wrestler has lost his child and he's lost the love of his life. And he, he's got a, we've seen him soften tremendously around children compared to what he usually does. It's, it's sweet. I like the way that they go with that. You know, how- yeah, it's a big progression from Frederick Barnes to to that moment. Eh, yeah, ish. Um, I, I, I mean, we we've seen him around the kids themselves. He's usually very sweet. He tends to be very soft around them compared to normal wrestler. You know, all Mister All Business. Mm. Um, there wasn't a great deal in Samara Rom. Um, I. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like if they were to do a lot with them right now, they would have to put a spoke into their relationship. I don't want them to do that. No, I think, I think it's fine. I'm, I'm I'm pretty good. I mean, that's the way they do things. I am as well. I'm just like, just don't hurt my babies. Like I'm, I'm happy to have them off in a corner as long as you're not hurting them. (laughs) That's kind of how I feel about them right now. You know, you, you love hurting your your loved ones. I do. I actually got an anon the other day telling me that, and I'm like, there's no lie here. Oh, I love that character. Let me hurt it. <laughs> How close to death can I get you? Um, but to be fair, I do hurt comfort, and so I I beat on them, and then by the end of it, they're typically their significant other or whatever character they have, their, you know, whatever relationship with. There's a fluffy moment at the end, and so I, I made a comment. Oh, that makes it all better. It does. It really, it's kind of like season three with the Keens when Tom got uh-huh. shot. It, you know, if he had just gotten shot, then that sucks. But, you know, they had a reala- uh, realization. They decided to keep the kid, you know. It was a sweet moment. She she understood why he did it, even if she was pissed. It was a growing moment. It wasn't just beating on him, and that's that's what I do. That's what I'm here for. So it's not just pointless <laughs> violence. Good. Good to <laughs> not, know. Not just pointless violence with Jen. <laughs> There's a little bit of fluff to go with it. <laughs> Have some fluff with your violence. <laughs> how close to death can I get you before I give you a fluffy moment? <laughs> That's how you are in your fluffy. Story of my life. <laughs> End of my stories. <laughs> So um, should we go into Tom first or should we go into Liz? Well, I, I think that so much of what happened in this story, especially with Tom, is through the lens of how it's connected with Liz. Can we talk first about Red and the and the um and and the other black the real black the, the <gasps> occasional so blacklister? Fun. I love the postman. Oh my god. Gosh, it like I just I love how pissed he was, and I'm sitting there. This guy's talking to him, and I'm going, "Red, sweetie, he doesn't know you," and he's just assuming that he does. And I just I love that he turns it into this crime B and B. Yeah, it's <laughs> really what it is. <laughs> and There's it's just Airbnb and crime B and B. Have you heard of this? <laughs> yeah, me and you know a billion other people. <laughs> but that was that was very sweet because that is like you know that now it's Red is the dad telling like oh you know about this. Hmm. What's this book face thing? Facebook? Yeah, yeah. 
that that mm-hmm. would be red. He was he was very much the dad sitting there, and Liz looking to Dembe like, "Help me, <laughs> help me here." <laughs> and that that was it was a very fun moment, and I loved it because Red was wrong. The guy were not there to kill him. Yep. You know, I love it because a lot of people tend to think that oh, if Red said it. It's true. They take it as gospel truth, yeah. Yeah, that's God. Okay, God, Red, two different <laughs> entities. Um, and, and, and Red is wrong. Just I don't mean, tell Reddington just... that. I don't think he'll believe. He says that he doesn't believe in a deity bigger than himself, so. <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> you're right. So it's it's funny because because it, it just turned out to have been, and, and he's, it's a great way how you understand how Red built his empire. He's just very good thinking and in his feet. Mm-hmm. He just turns an oper- something that could have got really ugly. And finally, it's like, that. What, wait a minute. So you got list. You weren't there to kill me. And, oh, that's a great opportunity. Because if you remember, in 101, he gave up the innkeeper. He that did. run a series of safe houses. So now he's filling all these voids that he used to have because who knows, maybe that's how the innkeeper got started. And then we had another series, like that's how the Sanctum Corporation got started by providing safe houses. Yep. Or maybe it's just a new twist. It's What was it Dumont used to say? It's It's my... Was it my my twist on such and such? My mm-hmm. my take on such and such? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's what Red's doing right here. He he is an entrepreneur. That is what he is, and he he takes an idea and he implements it wherever he needs it to best make money for himself. Mm-hmm. And he's just what was it? A rom called him once an evil genius. He's a genius, an evil genius, but a genius. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think you have said. Uh, similar things to that about once a season. Yeah, he definitely has a serious uh, crush on uh, a mental Such crush a on man Red. Crush. Yeah. Such a man crush on him. Um, a mental crush, but yeah. An <laughs> uh, uh, in- intellectual crush. There we go. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so... in case of Red, you could say mental. He's <laughs> he's pretty crazy. Oh, Red. I... That'll be it, it was so much forward. fun. The face of that guy when he's like, "You're taking out of my business? No way!" Said, like, "No, no, no! I'm taking over your business, and but I'm making you a lot richer." Yeah. And you realize how Red always chooses. If he has to choose between the fear and the and the the the, the, the candy, the, the the enticement, he will always go for enticement, and that is something that the the graphic novels uh, made it very clear um so that that was to me very interesting because the guy was absolutely delicious and i loved um i, I loved between him smoky hawkins i'm really enjoying this this crowd and i can imagine like stratos Arando that was so elegant back then when we met him i can imagine how he was when they met and they both were in their 30s or something like that running guns to something and i i you can see how red got his empire exactly and it's I said it. I've said it a couple times now. I find it so fascinating to watch in current day, 
we're not getting flat i'm a flashback queen i love flashbacks but we're not getting flashbacks on this we're seeing him rebuild it's mm-hmm. just fascinating i love it i it's like i know we're not getting a lot when it comes to mythology but i feel like watching red build his empire is sort of filling that void for me I love yeah, mythology, it, and th- that's kind of, you know, scratching that itch for me, that I, I really like it. Yeah, it, it is mythology in a way. Same same what we saw when this was on the run with Red. There wasn't a lot of mythology there, but what we saw is how Red approaches a problem, and that will more or less inform the rest of the mythology, because it's, it's, feeling, it's explaining the universe. And it's character development. Mm-hmm. You're learning more about his character. Yeah. So we're we about to dive into Liz because Liz is kind of the big chunk we've got today. Yeah, this was a very, very, very big episode for Liz. It's tackling the question of tackling the question of does Liv have a, Liz have a choice on this? And I saw um, shout out to Whimsy, uh, Whimsy and something over on Tumblr. She had a very interesting post the other day on Tumblr about nature versus nurture and i you know i suggest if anybody's listening to go check it out on her blog i'm not going to go through the details of it but it was very fascinating talking about nature versus nurture and how encouraging the idea that nature will win all the time is bothersome um like i said definitely go check out the post it's it's a very I, i i liked it um but i i'm not sure that in the end, that's where they're going with this. I think that they're setting it up for Liz to feel that way, to feel like she doesn't have a choice, and then to actually get the choice in the end. And and to be fair, she was raised, she was nurtured by Sam, who was a con artist. I mean, so it's not like she was brought up in a family with a squeaky clean criminal record that... They probably you know, would have returned her. <laughs> Kind of like like Cypress the agency. guy in the Cyprus agency. Oh god, poor, poor guy. Um, I mean, the, apparently the people or, who adopted Tom almost gonna, did the same. Exactly, or ended up like Tom with with the uh, the Phelpses. You know, just a horrible situation which he ran from. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, who knows what how that ended? They may have been about ready to return him to the system when he just took off. We don't know yet. And who knows if we'll ever know? Um, but regardless. I think that they're, personally, I think that they're setting it up. I think that they're making it look like, for Liz, from her point of view, nature's gonna win, nature's gonna win. I don't have a choice in this. I mean, we, we saw her talking to Tom at the end. She's like, he was right. And Tom's sitting there trying to encourage, I I believe that Tom was trying to encourage her there at the end and remind her basically who she is, who this woman that he fell in love with is. She's kind, she's honest she's a better person than raymond reddington could ever be and she's having Mm. trouble seeing that right now that i i think that liz is has the potential to be the best that red is and then some and i think that that's what she'll have to accept in herself just just my personal take as of right now um, I, I tend to to think it's um, I, I this is this is uh, hard to put in words. I don't think it's 
it's nature versus versus nurture because it doesn't matter. I mean, nobody is ever brought up in a void. So you always have a, a, a part of it that is nurture. And at the same time, we are the result of the genes that we inherit from our parents. And I, I've seen this in, you know, I have I have a, a sister and a half sister, and they never lived in the same continent even. They and they have gestures in things that are so that so remind me of my father that is scary because there is no way that they got that through their parents, you know. There is no connection. They're so separated in time and in space that there is no way that there is anything. They share similar things with a cousin that, again, has nothing, that never share anything. So They've never is, met. Well, they, they, they have met, but there is, there is no connection other than blood connection. So I do believe that there is, you can't choose because you've been choosing your entire life. Every single step that you've taken is a choice between your nature and your nurture. Nobody ever turns up just that way because my father or my mother. I mean, that is just being lazy. Uh, you, you, you have a, an inclination and you act every day that you make a choice. You make a choice and a determination in how you're going. So I don't think that is possible to make a choice in that in that respect but i do think that liz is more like red than she can have been accepting yeah and i also think that she can take that and do something different with it it doesn't necessarily mean that she's set up for a life of crime i don't think so I mean, she's chosen to use that crime in order, that pr proclivity to crime in order to catch criminals. But she will never be uh, the black and white wrestler. She yeah, she has an inability to think like that because she, in this case, Red was absolutely correct. Uh, there was no good option leaving on the table, and I felt like Cooper was being very simplistic about it. Or very scared about his job or, or whatever. There is no there is no good good way of doing this. There is only um, the people the people that she killed, the horse that she killed cannot be brought back to life. So there is no good way of of making this right. But at least not allowing her child to die doesn't add to the bad. Uh, in the abstract, I agree with you. In the abstract, I completely agree with you on that. I would have done exactly yeah. oh, no, the I... same exact thing as Red. Here it is. Get the gun. Either you kill yourself or your son dies. What do you want to do? Yeah, I, and I, I completely understand that on a... Theoretical base? Yes. Um, but you're also looking at Cooper. And, and let, let's dive into how Cooper reacted. Because Cooper's reaction was... Good heavens, Harry Lennox. <laughs> that, that was man. a beautiful, oh, beautiful just, scene. I, my favorite moment of that was, um, she's, she, she's talking about it, She says, you know, well, I'm okay with that. And he says, who cares if you're okay with it? The point was that he was making that they are FBI agents. That they, they are not in, that, that was something that you just mentioned. Not, not the judge, jury, and executioner. You know, but I, I just love the who cares if you're okay with it. Like, this is not 
You're making this personal. It's not. This is your job. But that what was the first thing that Red told Liz when he was teaching her to think like a criminal? Make it personal. Make it personal. So that that is why Red can catch criminals. That's why Red can function in that world. In that's that's where where things get get muddy because in order to either we do it for real, we don't do it at all. And in order to do it for real, you gotta think like a criminal. And and, and granted, Red was a spy. And a spy, I'm sorry, but a spy by definition is a criminal working for your government, but you're a criminal, you're lying, you're deceiving, you're threatening, you're cajoling, you're bribing, you're blackmailing. Uh, you do whatever you need to do in order to procure intelligence or to disseminate uh, counterintelligence. So whatever it is, you're, you're a criminal. But the funny thing about all this nurture versus nature is that Liz seemed to have forgotten that half of her genes came from a woman she hasn't met. Not that she knows. Yep. So we're we there's a part of this equation that we're missing, and I'm thinking that with the theme of the mother being introduced, we will start seeing Katerina shape being formed, because that's a woman that we only have seen through memories. Yeah, through other and people's memories. Through other, I, I, I mean, with the exception of the the uh, journal that she left behind but even that is not a it is a first point of person point of view but it's a skewed per, first person point of view because you're not she did for a reason yeah she just I wanted mean, to get Rostov to think that she loved him it's she's a spy you can't trust what she writes in her journal 100 yeah. percent She's saying, oh, great, Liz doesn't have, thank God that she's a girl so that she doesn't have the thing. She doesn't have the thing because she's not his daughter. Oh, see, I, I didn't mean, read that. I mean, even a son. I didn't read that at all um, that way. I think that that's how she wanted Rostov to read it. But personally, when I when she said that in the journal, my thought was that Katerina wouldn't have to come, if she had been, you know, if Liz had been born a boy, she would have had to explain away why you know, little Larry sense. didn't have the gene, you know, or what yeah. have you. Or when, uh, when, uh, and I wonder if, if part of this, uh, of rent taking her had to do with that danger that Liz was facing that at any moment, um, when she was getting older and taking, um, a stem cell donation was not as dangerous as with a baby, if that became more and more a possibility. And that's one of the things that, that Ray was afraid of. I don't think in the eighties in the, in the mid eighties, but you know, I, I, I'm not, I couldn't tell you when the science would match up with that. I would have to research it. Yeah. But definitely, I've never looked into it. Cooper, Cooper's reaction is, is very intriguing because it's, he is having a little bit of rubber banding like like uh, like wrestler used to do because i mean here's a man who actually decided that a guy was guilty and beat him up so he would confess and he said he was guilty i i didn't do it i regret doing it but he was guilty so th that's a little bit of of uh, 
you know, you're, you're whitewashing your, your past. Yeah, I think he's also got a lot of pressure on him right now because he's under review. His, his team's under review, and he's going, are you freaking kidding me, Liz? We're under review, and this is what you're doing? You're choosing Reddington. And I think that's really what it boils down to because he's, he made the comment to her. He said, you lie to your partners. That's what pissed him off, I think. Not, yes, it bothered him that she she played judge and jury on it. It pissed him off even more that she was, and that's going to come back around for wrestler. Watch it. Because he's been, I mean, technically he hasn't been lying to them, but, you know, he's been misleading. He hasn't not, been telling the truth. Yes. Yeah. He's not been honest about it. Um, and so Liz... That that's what Cooper was upset about. I, I feel like Cooper is one of those people that if he's got all the information, he can decide what he can protect, how how best to protect them. If coming clean about it's protecting them, if keeping it's protecting them. As long as he has all the intel, he can make that call and he can protect his team. If people are hiding things from him, if they are keeping things from him, He's not only fighting his superiors and trying to outmaneuver them, but he's also, there are too many moving pieces. Basically, when he's also trying to second-guess his team to protect them, there are too many moving pieces to keep them all straight. He's well, got to be able to trust them. And that's what we, he told Samar last year. I have yeah. to be able to trust you. And and if you think about it, they all have gone around lying to their team. Huh? Oh, yeah. I, I'm not saying it hasn't them. happened, but Cooper keeps telling them you and I think that's what it boils down to is that he's trying to protect them and he can't do it if he's second guessing them as well. Mm -hmm. it, it's uh, it's certainly a very, very interesting situation because you're getting um, Nick telling him, telling her, you know, he doesn't excuse anything. And I, and I take exception because the, the truth of the matter with Nick is that, yes, Liz called him. He could have said no. When he realized that it was that Red was Reddington, he could have just walked away, say, I'm sorry, I'm not going to do this. Or he could have just honored his Hippocratic um, uh, oath and simply just save his life do not take the money and go and he would have never been in red uh, uh, debt in fact that's what tom recommended um tom's advice is pretty good in there and so the fact that that he hasn't you know he ended up in in red uh pocket that's how he ended up um attending liz birth um that's how he ended up being hoodwinked by Mr. Kaplan into a something that was going to, he was lucky he didn't get killed. And then on top of that, now he doesn't say no to Tom. The guy has a problem not saying no. Or he carries a torch for Liz and then, you know, Liz is Katharina's daughter. I, I do think he, he still has a thing for Liz. I, you know, I've seen a lot of theories roaming about about Nick and, you know, oh, well, he was secretly giving Red information. And it's possible. We, we've talked about that. I, I'm not against the theory. But my first reaction, my gut reaction was he agreed to it because he's still in love with Liz. The exact same reason he, he took Liz's call to begin with. This is a woman that, that turned down his proposal. 
that ended up cheating on him. And he was very upset. Yeah, ended up cheating on him with another guy that she ended up marrying. And, I mean, who she's still with, even if she wasn't with him when, when he saved Red's life. Regardless, Nick, there's a reason Nick keeps coming back. I think he's drawn to Liz. She is Katarina's daughter, as you just said. And I think that every time he comes back, no matter if he's engaged, no matter what happens, it's because even if he would never be with Liz again, there's still that draw there. Mm-hmm. There's something, there is something about Liz that make people want to, and I think that might have been part of what Katerina sold, because even if we know she was a badass agent, she may have been one of those women that sells, oh, you got to protect me, so you got to do this, because otherwise I'll be in trouble. So I, I, I have a feeling that Katerina's seduction took whatever shape it needed to take in order to achieve what she wanted to achieve. Um, not very, not very uh, different, you know, in that way from Brett. But I find interesting that the temper that Liz has is coming from her mother. So there is a whole thing about Liz that is coming straight from Katerina. And Red said it. I see her in you every day. Yeah. So, so do, um, do we want to weigh in on the big Tom question? We've kind of left that to the end because that, that really is just it. I, I, I told Tessa before we started recording today, I said I might get a little snarky because I, I bit back at someone Wednesday night. <laughs> it's it's gotten this fandom has always been a little bit vicious and it, it gets a little exhausting a little? sometimes. Trying to be diplomatic. I this fandom has taught me so much patience and so much self self control. <laughs> Here we go. That's looking on the positive side of it. Um, Yay! Yeah, that's um, the way we like to do things. Yeah. Um, keeps what little Sandy I've got left intact. Um, but and and I knew I I was joking with a, a friend of mine who's also a big Tom fan and we were we both were watching it live and talking back and forth as we were watching it and I said is it really sad that if we were just watching this in a void like those beautiful casual viewers <laughs> that I'm so jealous of if we were just watching this in a void without fandom influence both of us said we would have gone Tom really uh but we would have gotten it you know, like, it's a horrible situation. He's in a no-win situation, and he's doing the best he can. Is it the best thing that he can, you know? He is doing the best that he feels like he can do. And, but as we're watching it, it's being influenced by not even people saying anything yet that we were seeing. We just knew what was going to be said. And an hour or two after the show's airing, I'm getting an anon in my, <laughs> my inbox, and... Heaven knows if the poor soul actually meant to, to strike me off on this, but they got the full brunt of four years of this fandom. Um, <laughs> but it, I feel like this fandom sometimes, some parts, has a habit of completely, and you've said this before, Tessa, just throwing out the genre. Tom Keen is a spy. This is not being questioned. He is a man that makes his living off of finding a path to get to results. This is not anything new. Oh, that we, sounds like Red. 
we have seen the writers. The writers have just hammered it in over on Twitter that it's coming from a good place. He And they've done it in the writing for the show. This is coming from a good place. We have seen Cooper. We have seen Nick. Two total, you know, outside sources from Tom that are still viewing in that know Liz, that know the situation, saying, I, I loved Nick's comment. She goes, but he's my father, and that excuses nothing. The writers have made a huge point to make sure that we, as the viewers, should know, if we're watching it, we should understand that Liz is being, not manipulated particularly, but she is being influenced. And that this is causing an issue. You know, this is a problem, TM, you know? <laughs> and and so they, they've made this very clear. They, they've hammered it in via Nick, via Cooper, through Tom. And so to say that Tom just, just in the void, say, Tom should just tell her the truth. Yes. He was going to. But... With the circumstances as they are, just as you said, he was going to, as soon as Red became her father, in actuality, Liz Keene believes Raymond Reddington is her father. As soon as that happened, that's when he shoved the suitcase back, and he went into his plan. And he, it's snowballing on him. It's going to turn out really badly. But you know what? Drama is part of a television show. If everything went smoothly, no one would be watching this show. Yeah, well, it... <sighs> I'm not a for those of you who don't who, who don't follow me uh, on Tumblr or have read my comment on Reddit. I am not a shipper at all. Um, I abhor romantic anything. It makes me extremely uncomfortable. It's one of those things. Please do in private. I don't actually I don't actually care about even sex in public. Just don't do romantic in public, please. Um, <laughs> I'm so, I know. Tess and I are very different uh, in this this respect. <laughs> very yeah, different. Very. <laughs> and and I honestly, you you see the way that that Liz reacts to the idea of family, and you can see that little girl that was left with with a perfect stranger and said, you know, and then with no real explanation except your father abandoned you and your mother died of weakness and shame. That's like, oh, yes, thank you. That explains so much. So Liz, Liz is actually extremely well written because she is manifesting a lot of emotional issues that a child that have gone through that, it's normal that she would experience if she went through this traumatic experience in the fire and whatever happened in the fire. So there is a lot of things that can be explained. And among of them is once Liz thinks that somebody is her family, her instinctual thing is, oh, I'm going to trust them. I'm going to, everything they're doing is good. I mean, look at, look at Kirk. The man was about to throw himself and, and their child. Her child from a roof, which is to me meant he only cared for her as, you know, as his child, as his thing, that he was not going to let Red have his thing. On he his terms. He didn't care for Liz. Huh? On his terms. Kirk cared what? for Liz on his terms. 
Well, even more, even I think that it wasn't even on his terms. I think it was as a thing, as as a descendant, as as a as my child, my descendant, not as my child that I love. It doesn't matter if she's not my child because it is exactly you know whom I I care for. You know, it's like it doesn't matter. So what Red was trying to tell him, it doesn't matter if he's your child. It doesn't matter if if he's, you know, my biological child. You, She lived in your house as your daughter. What would you care if she's not? Yeah. So so I think that, that in a way when people analyze uh, Tom Keene and and go all, all, all tomfoolery on him, it, it it just doesn't. It's it's a gender issue, it's a character development issue. I mean, for Tom, the fact that Red is her father doesn't mean that Red has the best interest at, at heart. I mean, he just learned known that it. he just learned that the really hard way through his own flesh. family. Which Liz yeah. made the comment in this episode. She said, "If either of us had normal parents, you know," and. Needless and, and to say, I it's, a genre, they, it's a genre issue. It's a character development issue. It's going to set both of us off. <laughs> yeah. So it it's definitely. I mean, it's, it it goes without saying. Should have Tom tell us the truth. I don't know. I don't really know because honestly, my own theory is that Mr. Kaplan. If you look at Mr. Kaplan's face when he's she's meeting Liz in that beach. That's not a face of a woman saying, I'm going to show you the truth and I should have done this a while ago. That's a woman. That is the same face when you have to put down a dog that you love, but you know that there is no hope and it's killing you inside and you, but you know, that is what you got to do. So I, and people keep saying she was trying to separate Liz from Brett. No, she already said it. I was so focused on destroying Red that I didn't see that I didn't have to separate you from her. All I have to do is show her the truth is that the suitcase. So that suitcase will kill this and that will protect Agnes. And you can see in the way that people looking for this suitcase are going to. So if she had delivered that suitcase to Liz and Liz had been the one starting the the um, the investigation in the suitcase, Liz would have been the one now killed by whoever killed Pete. Well, and, and I will tell you, and Nick. Well, and I, Nick. I will tell you, I, I had someone ask me today if I thought that the, the Tom would come clean at the funeral. I said, no, I don't. Because I think that his, his point of view, where he's going to come from, is someone just killed Nick to get to this the suitcase. I am not putting that anywhere near my wife and child and so he's going he will keep keep it it's gonna kill him because liz is gonna blame herself for nick's death you know she will she's gonna be torn up about it and tom's gonna be torn up because liz is torn up and want to comfort her but in the end her safety and her happiness are his two biggest priorities and agnes's his family's safety and and uh and happiness and so to do that, he is going to continue down this path. And it's going to get him shot or stabbed or whatever happens because we've been Maybe told that... Nah. <laughs> but I, I don't think it will happen, but it's a possibility. I guess. I, you know, it's going to have to happen for me to admit that, to be totally honest. Because I just really don't think it's going to happen. 
I mean, I think but, that he's going to get hurt, but I don't. I, I think he's going to be in a world of pain, but he's not going to die. And and you're going to be shocked because I'm not even. People are getting all upset about oh he took his badge. He's like, what was he supposed to do? Steal the badge from another federal agent? Hey, wrestler, I mean, let's have a beer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, or you know, that wouldn't have been I obvious. Agent, can I invite you for a beer? I mean, come on, it just doesn't. It it doesn't. It was probably not the smartest, but I honestly don't think that Tom had understood the level of danger that comes with that suitcase. And people, and what she he said to Nick, a good woman died. He was saying whatever he had to say in order to get Nick to agree. I don't think that Tom really thinks that Kaplan at that point when he was she was willing to put Liz in jail was having the Liz's best interest at heart. See, you and I disagree a little bit on that because I'm not sure he is aware how far Kaplan was going to go because he was still in New York at that point. I don't think he's aware the lengths that Kaplan was willing to go. You don't not, think not, that they talked about him? Not at the point that he was giving the, the bones over to, to Nick, no. I don't think they'd had time. Because Liz was sitting there trying to talk about it, and he was like, so, make out? <laughs> you know, I've missed you. <laughs> and she's like, oh, I forgot, yes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there wasn't a lot of talking happening there. But definitely not now. I mean, now they probably have had time to talk. Yeah. And... Oh, now, but not when he not when he brought Nick into it. Yeah. I, I agree there. I mean, it, it, he was just saying whatever. I don't think that, that he meant. It, it's like Red. Red can say whatever just to get his, you know, whatever he wants. They share propensities. So, um, what were the choices that Tom had? He could have just simply got home to Liz, hold on a minute. I don't care who's your father. There's a suitcase that was left to you by Kaplan. What would have Liz done? would have taken the suitcase and started investigating. You think she would have brought it to, to the FBI? I doubt it. Liz is highly secretive as her father. She's not going to go that way. She wouldn't investigate it. She would have ended up in the same position. What else was option for Tom? Let me let me go to Red and tell him, hey, you know, Kaplan left me this thing. What do you think I should do with it? And you know what? Red that would have been a smarter. Red would have told him to keep it from Liz. Yes. Red would have taken this suitcase and said, this is a big bad thing that was going to get you and your daughter killed. So how about if we just forget about this? And you know Tom wouldn't have. I mean, and he doesn't trust Red. I mean, look Who at it. Who would do that? Imagine telling your parent when you were like, don't go in that room. You know what you're going to do, right? Go in the room. And if for nothing else, that Red has never been straight with Tom. He hired him with that. I mean, and don't get me wrong. I understand Red's reasoning for a lot of this, including the fact that, that he didn't. I mean, Tom was just a hire at the beginning. Um, but, I mean, he never told him what was going on. Long after, after everything had happened and Liz knew who he was, Red has been sabotaging and manipulating and Tom has distrusted him for a long time now because even if I think that he's kind of come to the conclusion that Red is not going to actively come after Liz and be a danger to Liz that doesn't mean that that Tom doesn't believe that he is 
that Reddington is not a danger to Liz. I think that he fully believes that that life and the, because he's lived that life. He knows that life. He is aware how dangerous it is. And Red sucks her deeper and deeper into it every day. I think that terrifies Tom. Yeah, it's it's a very I think it's a very appropriate moment to remember. Um, uh, even if you don't subscribe to my theory that Emma is Jennifer, you have to remember the words she said. You know, it was it was a captivating and 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 fun, and I kept crossing lines after lines until I couldn't come back. Yep. So I, I think that, that... And she lost everything. She lost I mean, her son, her husband, everything. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's something that, that you, you got to remember that, that Liz is now, this is, I think somebody made that comment. This is like the baby monitor. Oh, it's just like a baby monitor. No, Liz, that man has your daughter and he thinks it's his grandchild and if he decides to take stem cells from her might kill her yeah i mean you and i talked a lot about that on the podcast during the episodes and i made the comment with with my anon on the night of the the episode airing i said you know we saw what she did with kirk we saw this we saw the fact that she was willing to accept a quote-unquote baby monitor over a potential lead that might take them to their child she told Tom to stand down because they might lose the feed. Well, okay, that's nice and all, but what's the point in having the feed if you're not going to follow up on it? I mean, they yeah. if if he had found Agnes, she wouldn't have been nearly as angry. She would have yeah. been well, hugging him and kissing him and thanking him and telling him, and she might have even admitted to being wrong at that point. Well, it's one I, I find very telling that Red, who has never been Tom's greatest fan exactly, said nothing. He's commented on Kirk's cruelty and yes. said nothing because he would have, how can you fault a father for trying to find his child? You can't. Well, I mean, you can, but he can't. <laughs> yeah, you can, but it's tomfoolery. It just it, it doesn't stand to reason. And the thing, the same thing goes with the badge. Once, once, once Tom, he only had three ways to go about this: tell Liz, keep the investigation to himself, or tell Red. He chose to keep the investigation to himself. And once he went that way, there was no other way. No other way was less dangerous except going to Red. And let's face it, Red hasn't exactly been forthcoming. So. How can you trust anybody who tells you, oh, you cannot do that? Why? I can't tell you. Don't go and don't tell your mom you're, you're the child. Why? I can't tell you. But don't do it. Yeah. And, and Tom actually believes a lot of what the, what Red tells him. He was he didn't tell uh, Scotty that he was her son until, you know, never did. Howard did. Yeah. So you, you can't, I mean, he as much as come from from trusting Red, I think he trusts Red more than he should because given the history they have. So I think that the only thing he has is I think he believed, he's always believed him to be Liz's father, but in his experience with parents, not a good thing. And once he had that made that choice and he needed a badge in order to identify the remains, he this 
Should he have asked Liz at that point? Maybe. But at that point, if he had given suitcase to Liz, Liz would have done the same thing. So what is the difference? Don't go looking for things that don't exist because the end result would have been the same. And Liz would have gone at it in a far more frontal way that would probably would have got her in far more danger. And so in his, in his way, he is attempting to protect his wife and child. And just because we're not seeing Agnes does not mean she's not there. It's, I, I hear a lot of grumblings around the fandom and. Oh my God. But when she's there, because she's there, when she's not there. Oh, she's not there. She's gone the way of Hudson. Oh, please, people, you can't be pleased. You really can't. Um, that's that's basically yeah. the blacklist fandom in a nutshell. You can't please everybody because everybody. Has oh, a we got a romantic it. scene between the kings. Oh, that's disgusting. Oh, see, they don't have a romantic scene between the kings. They're not really a, a, a couple. Oh my god. I yeah. mean, come on, decide. <laughs> I mean, but why waste logic when we can hate? Hate is so much easier than logic. And so much more satisfying for that nice little grumbling in the stomach. Instead of using the thing that actually distinguishes us from animals, rational thinking. But that's a subject for a completely different <laughs> podcast. <laughs> may have to invite on this spoofy here. <laughs> Goodness. Oh. Mm -hmm. I'll bow down to Tessa on that one. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> I liked that rant. That was that was quality ranting there. <laughs> From time to time, you get that angry that you're like, I can't take. I mean, I can take somebody not liking a character. That's perfectly fine. But you can ignore what the character is doing, and you certainly can abstract the genre from whatever you're watching because that is like me going to watch a born supremacy and where's the romance oh i i can't take it there is nothing romantic in here guess what it's a spy movie so i'm gonna get like three little moments that's it and that just for character development not because it's a romantic movie you know we didn't get one kiss in season four for king square fans not one we didn't. Now, were we hating on the writers? And, you know, we were all kind of bummed over it. But we also, like, along with the, oh, I'm bummed about this, you also got with everybody. I get it. They're not in a place that, like, jumping each other is appropriate. Their child was missing, and then this happened, and then that happened, and all of season four. We got it. We didn't freak out at the writers. We didn't scream and pound our fists. It just... I don't know. It, it's very, to me, it comes down to this. If you can predict things on the blacklist, your reading of the characters and your reading of the situation and your reading of the genre, it's correct. If nothing that you have predicted have happened, you're probably coming from hate. And hate will not get you a theory. That's called a ranting. Not a theory. A theory is based on logic and events and clues followed through a rational process. That's my second part of the rant. I'm done with ranting. 
<laughs> Jenny's bowing to the rant. <laughs> I am bowing to the rant. It's true. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, I, 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 I love I love that that mix of danger. Like they go into Nick, and he's like, Nick is like, can this family leave me alone? <laughs> Poor baby just wants to get you, married. Your daughter and your son-in-law. Can you just go away from me? <laughs> can I cash in now? Go away. <laughs> I said I want to know what Ellie did. To keep the Keens from ever calling her for medical advice. Probably the same thing. I mean, I want she, you and your crazy husband away from my entire well, life. No, she she came to the funeral, so you know that they're still in touch. Probably least, she probably yeah, not anymore. She probably got really pissed. She was pissed. wearing red underneath or something. Like one less, yay! <laughs> one less Keen. <laughs> no, but I want to know. I mean, when she walked off, she must have really given Liz the you know. <laughs> the fool. And then, oh wait, you're not dead. <laughs> well, neither was Tom. And used, and used the, the courier, the the freelancer, to change uh, her name, or went to the Sanctum Corporation to get away from them. And the funny thing is, what Red has be- Red has become dangerous to everybody because of 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 his secrets and the things he keeps. And yet he keeps keeping more secrets. And Tom and Liz are becoming. Because neither well, one of them is normal. Be, they don't come from normal families. To be fair, Tom has been a lot like Red. Tom and Red have a lot of things in common because they come from that same world. And That's it. as much as Tom wants to be normal, nature or nurture has not allowed yeah. for that. They're they're going to they're going to go back and forth between nature. I, like I want to be normal. Well, I can't be normal. I really miss being a spy. Well, I really want to be. It's normal. That's everybody it's does that. Their version of normal, and that's what you and I have been saying for over a year now. They have to oh, find their version of normal. And yeah, what have it, I been saying so far this season? This season is about Liz finding balance. She's finding balance. That's what she's doing. Yeah. And, and and he's gonna go back and forth. And everybody is is being pushed in different directions. You're getting uh Cooper being pushed by the new director. Uh they almost got all to jail. They almost lost everything they had, including their reputation. And and Cooper had that beautiful line deliberately uh, delivered amazingly by by uh, Harry Lennox about where do we go to restore our reputations and uh, and Panna Baker was like I don't know it's not my problem <sighs> I'm not connected to we'll this. miss you we'll miss you for bridge know, right <laughs> it's just it's I, yeah it's just chaos um it, and I I really hope that we don't get left on a he, I, I'm hoping Tom's life isn't hanging in the balance as we go into the the Christmas hiatus. If it is, I, I'm gonna jump. Yeah. Like you guys won't see me over Christmas hiatus. I will just be in my bunker hiding with my other fandoms because I won't touch the blacklist fandom of the ten foot pole. <laughs> so, well, every, every every once in a while, I go into like I need a break. All right. Well, I think that about wraps us up. Do you have anything to add? I don't. Um, I I really like the episode. I really like where things are going. And oh, we do have one thing to to count. Do you think, by any chance, that that Nick was killed by Red? I 
that was not my go-to. It's possible, but that that was not my go-to. I, I think there's a third party. Um, it, it would be interesting if it were red. I would not be against it. Um, because, I mean, but I also think that red is much more straightforward than that. If it were, like... He wouldn't cover his face yeah, with a mask. Yeah, I mean, obviously nobody recognizes him. <gasps> Poor baby. <laughs> that was that was a very... I, I gotta say that I do have something to add. I love that because it was a great way. A lot of people have been saying, but Liz was on the news. How come nobody recognizes? People don't recognize anybody. Look, think about a scandal from three months ago. You won't recognize them. Nope. Nope. I mean, I couldn't tell you who's on the most wanted list. Could not tell you. No. I mean, I tell you something. Even if you... Let's say that you're walking across the street and you come across one of the former presidents of the United States and he's not dressed in the suit and tie. He has his Would you even recognize him? Somebody that you see daily. I, I live in the same city as, as George W. Bush. And I, you know, I assume I would recognize him, but who knows? You know, I mean, if I just, if he were just in a polo and jeans walking down the street, I don't know. I once ran into Paul Newman in Central Park. And I, when I mean ran into, I mean ran into. We literally were walking, looking in the opposite directions. And I walked into him and he into me. And we had to, like, hold on to each other so it wouldn't fall. And I remember looking at him thinking, boy, that is a nice, handsome man. And then I kept walking. And it, I kept walking a half later and saying, that was Paul Newman, and that woman looking murderously as me was his wife. <laughs> I didn't recognize it. I'm living in New York, and I sit down in a in a in a restaurant. Somebody looks familiar, and I can't put my finger on it. And you know, two days later, he's like, I know who that People is. People out of place. I ran into. Um, I, I'm a big fan of uh, BBC Sherlock, and I, I don't remember the actress's name. But when I was in London last year, I passed the actress that plays Mrs. Hudson. On the street, she, I think she had a bag of groceries in her hand. And I stopped, and she kind of paused because I'm staring at her like a crazy, you know, Yankee. <laughs> and she get, she got this look like, please don't ask me. Please don't ask me. I just want to go home with my groceries. <laughs> and she ended up keep going on. I would have had to have yelled. And I, like I said, I couldn't remember the actress's name at that point. I would have basically had to have yelled, Mrs. Hudson. <laughs> And seeing if she turned around, which thankfully I did not. I, I kept my my wits enough to not do that. Yeah. <laughs> Poor woman. Uh, there, there, <laughs> you you miss when they're out of place. You don't always recognize people. Yeah. So, uh, but I thought it was very well done that they actually addressed that issue. They often do, and they had you know, head up and it was well done. The other thing I want to mention is, and I know that I've been slacking pointing out the symbols and themes that I used to do a lot, but you know, we've had a lot of plaid. It's almost like everybody wear plaid in the, in the blacklisters. Uh, but there was also something that caught my attention because it's something we haven't seen a lot of it. Tom and red, Tom, uh, red and Dembe are playing Scrabble, which is a form of a puzzle. You basically are assembling a puzzle. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was very, very, very intriguing. And among the things that were, that were, you know, the fact that they were mentioning like restoring 
the balance and I thought, well, wait, wait a minute, because having this woman not be taken prisoner would not have restored the key of the universe, the chi of the universe. And protecting the sun was the, the right thing to do. And it was funny that that's the one thing that Denver wears. And they were talking about bananas. Uh, so banana was the safe word. And it was, it, I mean, I love that when they put those little details there that, that just like draw you in and remind you. And I think by connecting and creating those, those, they're picking up those, those threads um, they started with Liz in, in Frederick Barnes, then they went into James Covington, and now we have Liz making her own decision. People think is red, but it's funny, that's what Kate said. That's red talking. And people don't realize, actually, Liz is, is yes, she can be a little influenced, she can be a little, like, uh, giddy, but Liz is Liz, and she's been doing whatever she wants to do since she was four years old, or probably it's her entire life. That's how she, because she got out of the closet. Had she not got out of the closet, she wouldn't have shot anybody or whatever it is that she did or didn't do. Yep. So that was it. That's all I got. All right. Well, then that wraps us up. Uh, you can listen to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube if you'd like to leave us a comment, which we very much encourage. Um, we're on Tumblr, Twitter, and Facebook. Until and next until week. next time. All right, bye-bye.